0: The message you are about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2022. Theme, Fullness of Joy. Be blessed as you listen. So this morning again, as we get set, let's welcome again Apostle Mike Oropo. Can we do it
1: better, please? Thank you. Hallelujah.
0: And you celebrate Jesus for God's servant and his wife, Shuma Shumakinde. Thank you so much, sir. It's truly an honor. to give God praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. This morning, I want to share with us a few thoughts from God's Word, and I believe it will strengthen our spirit and it will become spiritual resources that would help us to make advancement in life. Father, we thank you for this privilege again to receive from you. We ask that you breathe upon this word. And quicken them in our hearts. Make them life. Cause them to bring us illumination. Even as we journey through life. Cause these words to become the empowerment. That brings us victory every day. And by these words. Help us. To become a joy. Of many generations. In Jesus precious name. Amen. Amen. Um, We have to take it gradually like this so we can share, because sometimes it becomes so intense that you flow in the energy and you may not necessarily communicate the truth. So this morning I want to share with us, but um, just a brief recap from what we shared last night before we advance, it's important for us to understand that um, we were built in a very unique way and because of our unique design, our interaction with spiritual realities must be understood, must be practiced in order for progress, sustainable progress to be achieved. When you just get aware or you become aware of things and run with them, you may not make sufficient progress because Awareness may be at your lowest threshold. That's why I began sharing with us yesterday that our life and operation is in threefold. And these threefold are three different cadres. You may just become aware of something because you naturally, bodily interact with it. Meanwhile, the substance of that reality should flow from your spirit. And because you are interacting with it from your sense realm, you may not make a full profit of that which you have interacted with. And so it's important for us to take time, pay attention, deeply interact with truth, before we can make sustainable progress. And that's why I began by sharing with us yesterday, as the Bible clearly depicts, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it reveals to us that we are three component beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And so everything you deal with will operate either at the frequency of the body or at the frequency of the soul or at the frequency of the spirit. And I told us that is possible because there is a different life that powers the body. There is a different life that powers the soul. And there is a different life that powers the spirit. That's why the unbeliever who does not have spirit life is still working. Because there's another life required for the body to be sustained. If a man is in the state of coma, completely unconscious, the body is still alive. The soul is no longer functional, but the body is still alive. And you can prove this from scriptures. In Leviticus 17 verse 11 he said the life of the flesh is in the body. So the body has a life that sustains it. If you study Genesis chapter 2 from verse 7, it says God breathed into the man and the man became a living soul. So there is a breath of life that sustains the soul. But in Genesis 2.9, the Bible revealed to us that there was a tree of life that God wanted the man to feed on for the spirit element of that man to come alive. So there is a life that powers the body, there is a life that powers the soul, and there is a life that powers the spirit. Now when you are interacting with spiritual realities, all these thresholds of life have their own levels of interaction. And so I said for the subject of joy in particular, when your body is receiving satisfaction, which is a function of life ventilation, At the frequency of the body, what you have is pleasure. As beautiful as pleasure is, because pleasure is not a sin. When you are dealing at the spirit level, the byproduct can also be pleasure. In Psalm 16 verse 11, it said, In thy presence is fullness of joy, at thy right hand, pleasures forevermore. So, pleasure is not a sin, but pleasure is a ventilation at the level of the body life. And so a believer is not supposed to function just at the level of pleasure. So in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible said, Him that liveth for pleasure. That means if the summation of your life is at the frequency of the body, he said he is dead while he's walking. Is that a walking corpse? What is the scriptures talking about? That means the frequency where reality dwells. That man is not making contact there, even though he's breathing is functioning at the lowest threshold of life. And as far as the Lord is concerned, if that is all there is about that man, he is dead. She is dead. Whoever that person is, is dead while the person is living. And I said there is another level where you are regulated by circumstances. So when something good happens, you ventilate. When something bad happens, there is also a negative ventilation. So your life will be up and down. Your life cannot be up and forward only. It will become up and down. Because circumstances can change your state and disposition. When you function at that level, it's soulish. That's the level of happiness. So when you hear a good news, you are all over the place. When they bring a news that is not so pleasant, you become depressed. You fluctuate. Because you are functioning at the soulish level. The soulish level is regulated by circumstances. As good as that is, if your life is at the frequency of positivity, it's still not good enough because there will be no stability. So God wants you to come a bit higher to the level of the spirit because joy is not of the body. Joy is not regulated by the life of the flesh. Joy is not regulated by the soulish life. Joy is regulated by the spirit life. So God wants you to function at that level. Because the lesser is included in the greater. When you are functioning at the spirit level, the soulish level will be impacted and the body level will also be impacted. That's why I quoted for us yesterday, Luke one forty six. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Why? Because my spirit hath rejoiced in the God of my salvation. So when you are functioning at the higher level, it will impact the lower level. So Christians must of necessity operate at the level or the frequency of their spirit. When a Christian is functioning at that level, that Christian truly has joy. Because joy is of the spirit. When you truly begin to experience this, the first thing you will discover is that your state no longer fluctuates. Because you will enter into God's zone. And so when you study a few scriptures that I'm going to be reading this morning, you will see believers going through the worst situation in life. Yet, it looks as if they are having the best of life. God servant just gave us an instance a moment ago of Christians that came to their end. They were beheaded. While they were being beheaded, they were smiling and laughing. What on earth make someone at the point of death to smile not just an accidental death because if it's accidental you you don't know it's coming but the person next to you maybe the fourth person on the row is being beheaded and while your eyes are open the third person is being beheaded the second person now that's not your fate right but we are just talking about a frequency an economy that people get into that nothing moves them anymore. That people are being beheaded until it gets to your turn. And while it's your turn, you are smiling. What, what, what frequency of existence is that? For such a man, nothing can move him. Because it's functioning at a realm you can never understand. It is only the activity of the spirit that moves him. And truly, when you find such people, if they were to speak... You will be amazed that while they were there, they've already translated. Because they are seeing the world yonder. They are working in an economy that gives them access to a world beyond this world. For such people to smile in that condition, it means they are seeing something that you are not seeing. That's why it said, why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. There is something happening that is more real to them than their physical circumstances. In First Peter chapter 1, Peter was writing to a church that was troubled. A people that were in crisis. There was nothing appealing at that time. This was a season where Christians were literally scattered abroad. Some were hidden in caves. It looks as if life was as it was yet. But there was something Peter was talking to them about. How to draw joy from their spirit man. Because... Joy is of God. It's nothing that can be acquired anywhere external. And while he was writing them, he was talking to them about the Lord Jesus. How that in the worst situation, they were still going to experience joy unspeakable, full of glory. Why? Because the Jesus that they were expecting, his reality had dominated their spirit so much so, that even though nothing was appealing around them, they were living in glory. Now, this does not suggest by any means that your life will become tight or difficult. But this also tells you a quality of life that should be lived. A life where your motivation, your excitement, and everything that moves you comes from an economy that is outside of this world. That was the life Peter was introducing to them. That these guys, although it's difficult at this time, but you are walking in joy because you have a contact, you have interaction with the God that dwells in the Spirit. When you x ray your Christian life and you are honest to yourself, you may realize that what you have on a daily basis is pleasure. If you x ray your Christian life and you are honest to yourself, you may realize what you have is happiness. This is why you see men running. Helter-skelter. This is why you see see men do unspeakable things just to sustain external ambience. Because they know that if the externalities are altered, they are finished. But when you see men who are not moved, they have grown past external operation. So no matter what happens, they are not moved. That's when you find men who can truly follow God. Men that are no longer pursuing God just for what God gives. They have come to that point where whether God answers or He does not answer, they know Him personally. Something is happening in their spirit that makes it impossible for their mood or their state to be altered. That is where Peter and all the apostles wanted us to live our lives from, because joy is of the spirit. In Galatians chapter five verse 22, the Bible revealed to us that this is not just something that happens in our spirit. He said, This is a fruit that grows in our spirit. So you can literally nurture it. And it keeps growing. It keeps growing. He said, The fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit is joy. So when a man understands this economy and begins to pay attention to it, that fruit grows until it becomes a tree. And it's when that fruit becomes a tree that we talk about joy to the overflow, or what we call fullness of joy. When that fruit grows into a tree, it has advantages. So while you are going through circumstances and you are nurturing it, you are not wasting your time. A day will come when that tree will become your sustenance. A day will come when that tree will become your preservation. A day will come when that tree will become your salvation. Because it's not just about circumstances. It's about a reality that has the capacity to become all that you would ever need. So a man can be going through trouble and is nurturing joy. And he looks as if he's wasting his time. A day we come. That joy will grow enough to handle all the circumstances that are wrong around his life. Then you will discover what he was doing was actually a spiritual investment. Because it was not a waste. Joy is an insurance system. It never fails. The problem is that many times we don't nurture it enough. We are too carried away trying to balance the externalities. And we are not careful to pay attention to the ones happening inside. The intrinsic realities of our lives are more important than the extrinsic realities. If you pay attention only to the external and the devil knows, you are in trouble. Because every day you will be chasing something. But when you start paying attention to the inside... A point comes, the devil will stop wasting his time with you. Because he knows you have mastered how to abound and to obey. And because you have mastered it, you can now do all things through Christ which strengthens you. At that point, things no longer happen to you. You now make things happen. There is a realm. When you are trying to correct things at the external level, things can happen to you. But when you build this thing to a level, things stop happening to you. You now make things happen. So when the devil throws his javelin at you, it becomes a platform for manifestation. Because the truth about life is, manifestation is actually not on a platform like this. It's the circumstances of life that affords us the opportunity for manifestation. That's why I said the light shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. So when you are looking for a platform to manifest, you have not understood life. You don't need a physical platform like this to manifest. Every circumstance of life It's an opportunity for manifestation. But for you to get to that level, you have to grow something in your spirit. One of it is joy. It's not a waste. It's an investment that must profit you. This is why the apostles emphasized it. To them it looked as if the whole of life depended on it. In James 1 verse 2, it says to count it all joy. When you go through diverse, divers, not one, not two, not three, diverse trials, and temptation, How do you count such a thing? Joy. Because what's happening is an internal economy. So no matter what happens on the outside, it doesn't move you. When the devil is doing what he's doing, you tell him, wait, I'm coming. I'm just growing something. By the time it begins to germinate, you will see me in action. They come, they molest you. Don't worry, I'm growing something. They oppress you, you go back, you are crying. The Holy Ghost comes and says, stir the waters. You are telling God, can't you see what this person is doing to me? For one year, this person has tried to destroy my confidence. Keep building. For one year, everything that is right mine, they took it away from me. Keep building. And then you are asking, asking yourself, have God stopped answering prayers? No, he's still answering prayers. But there's a way he wants to answer this prayer. He wants to answer this prayer so that you become the answer. He doesn't just want to get it done. He wants you to become the answer. So they are troubling you for one year. You have been Did you read about Joseph? His brothers hated him. That was not enough. They threw him into a pit. That was not enough. They sold him as a slave. That was not enough. Where he went to? He was now wrongly accused. All the evidences were against him. Don't believe physical evidences. Believe what the Holy Ghost tells you. The guy's clothes was with the lady. Why did you go to your madam's bedroom? How come your clothes was with her? All the evidences proved that he was guilty. The guy couldn't speak. He looked up. God, I thought, you say when people do the right thing, you will appear for them. The season of appearance is regulated by God. Have you been in that situation where you could not defend yourself? It's actually better you keep quiet because everything you say makes you look, look more like the guilty one. So you just accept the place of the victim because that's the safest place to be. The moment you try to defend yourself, you become more and more incorporated. The guy was quiet. They threw him to the prison and he looked as if God would come in the night. God didn't come for 14 years. But something was being built. The day he came out he was not god did not just answer he became the answer of his generation there is a realm god takes you to that he doesn't answer your prayer. he makes you an answer to your generation you see until the time that his word came he said the word of the lord tried him the king sent for to lose him even the ruler of the people he made him lord of his house and ruler of his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom if god answered him in Potiphar's house would he have the stature to teach senators wisdom it would have been too early some of the prayers you are praying the answers are too early god is telling you build capacity build capacity that's how spiritual things work you don't have a car now you are telling god i must have a car this year then the devil will show you an offer and then you take the wrong offer don't be circumstantial
1: leave happiness
0: and go for joy Don't allow circumstance to determine your mood. No matter what happens, build the one on the inside. If inside is okay, outside will soon be okay. But outside can be okay and everything is wrong on the inside. That's the difference between happiness and joy. It's of the spirit. Invest there. It doesn't come from anything. It comes only from God. I can tell you, happiness can come from a car. Happiness can come from a family. Happiness can come from people. Happiness can come from things. But if it is joy, only God can provide it. Only God. Let me show you a few scriptures. We read one already Romans 14, verse 17. Say, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That means the kingdom of God is not happiness, it's not of external things. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness. Right standing with God. It is peace. And it is joy. In the Holy Ghost. Not joy in a car. Not joy in a bank account. Because you can't find joy there. A lot of you derive so much pleasure. And joy. And happiness rather. From where they walk. Hmm. Very soon. A political gang up will start there. You now discover that you need something more than your office. If it's about happiness, you will be so depressed that you will no longer be effective on the job. But if it is joy, when they gang up against you, another opportunity for promotion has come. That was what happened to Daniel. He said the whole princes of Babylon ganged up against Daniel until they threw him into the lion's den. But his promotion was not in the king's palace. His promotion was actually in the lion's den. He had to go into the pit before the difference was clear. If there was no joy, it would have been clear. If you go to the palace, people can come with politics and manipulation. But in the lion's den, only the man that God lives can be promoted from there. Only God can promote a man from the lion's den. The president can promote you because of manipulation, Give me and canvassing. But when God wants to make the difference... He will use what no man can take the glory for. That's why we build the inside. It comes only from God. Is it good to have a good job? Yes. But don't derive your confidence from the job. Every morning find him. There is something he puts here. There is something he saturates you with. There is something he increases on your inside. In the day of trouble, that thing will rise up like a mast. It will shield you and it will defend you. Many Christians don't know these things. They are simple, but people don't know it. We are so troubled pursuing external things. Meanwhile, the internal things are left desolate. And the devil knows. So he keeps sampling things. Every day he samples something. Every day he samples something. In Psalm 16 verse 11, he said, You will show me the path of life in thy presence. In thy presence is fullness of joy in thy presence. It's not in the bank. It's not in the market. It's not in the movie. In thy presence. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And so if you know that joy comes only from God, if you truly know, then your focus will become more about connectivity. Your priority in life will become your connectivity with God. Many times, the things that make the difference in our life are the things we pay the least attention to. I'm trying to say this and bring it this way so you can bring your life into it and you will tell the difference. Do you see how many hours we give to dressing and looking good? Because we have more connectivity with our bodies. Do you know how many hours we put into the other things we do? And there's nothing wrong with it. If you compare the hours we give to our bodies, compare the hours we give to our jobs and other things, and compare the hours we give to God, you will tell where we are living from. And that's why many times we are vulnerable because we invest wrongly we prioritize wrongly you can be walking and still be connected to God so what I'm talking about is not for you to go and resign and say I'm going to the mountain to see God that's not what we are saying what we are saying is not for you to leave your beers and become like Elijah you are no longer in the Old Testament but we are saying with what you are doing you can see prioritize god so while you are on your job you can be speaking in tongues thank you holy spirit the people around who know what is happening you are deeply connected while you are yet working because you know where your true advantage lies until a man realizes that joy comes only from god he will not make god priority And a man who truly realizes this and makes God priority becomes a victor. Because he will grow joy until joy will come to its full. When joy comes to the full, a few things happen. Let me read them for you. Number one, joy to the full becomes a provoker of victory, perpetual victory in life regardless of where you are. You know, God designed this this way so everybody will have a buffer. Because if these buffers are not there, a man who is born into a poor family is finished. If these buffers are not there, a man who is wrongly placed, either by natural selection or by the crisis of life, is finished. But God designed this system so that wherever you find yourself, you are not disadvantaged. That's why these things are intrinsic. So long as it's on your inside, you can create the change you are looking for. So it doesn't matter if you are in Lagos or you are in Kano. It doesn't matter if you are in Texas or you are in Afghanistan. Anywhere you are, you can begin to create your change from within you. So when you grow joy to the full, the first thing joy does is that it gives you continuous victory regardless of where you are or what is happening around you. Isaiah 35 verse 10. And the same scripture is literally replicated in Isaiah 51 verse 11. He said, And the ramson of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. He said, They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee from them. You know, your first defeat is not external, it's internal. He says, so when a man begins to build joy, sorrow, and sin, he didn't say the man will attack it. He said they will naturally flee because this man has become a victor in experience. There is something you carry that causes evil, uncertainty, everything that destroys the quality of a man's life to naturally leave you. If you don't have these things, you can pray a lot of religious prayer. I rebuke fear, I rebuke sorrow, I rebuke this. You keep rebuking, nothing is happening. He said, but when you build joy, he said, even when you are not praying, these things will advise themselves and they will leave. So, victory will begin naturally from within you. Naturally, victory will flow from within you. Most of the crises in the lives of people is a revelation of their natural state on the inside. When you see a man frustrated, when you see a man failing, when you see a man defeated, before you find out the condition, talk to him. You will see that his soul structure is already messed up. So the manifestation around his life is a revelation of his soul posture and structure. But he said, when you consciously build joy by sustaining your connectivity with God, he said, what will happen is that there will be a re-engineering of your inner man. Sorrow, sign. Grief, anxiety, fear will naturally flee. When that happens, then it will reach the external aspect. And that's where you have Habakkuk 3 from verse 17. Although the thick tree does not blow so It has moved from the inside. It has come to the outside. Because now that you are re-engineered, you are now looking at your circumstances. And then you now realize your circumstance no longer has the power to control you. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off the fold. There shall be no head in the stall. Yet, the man has been corrected on the inside, so the outside can no longer affect him. So you see victory moving from one level to another. First, the soul is reconstructed, the reconstruction is so firm that natural and external happenings can no longer affect him. Nothing is working. Yet, I will rejoice in my God. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And then he moves to the third level. Joel chapter 1 verse 12. He moves to the third level. Joy no longer is just a stabilizing force joy now begins to change things around him. Because this scripture reveals to us that everything is dry because joy is absent. So when joy returns, everything returns. So the first is that the soul is reconstructed. The second is that the reconstruction is so firm that nothing can affect him. Then the third is that this reconstruction begins to change his world. This reconstruction begins to revert things, begins to reproduce things. And suddenly, the man that was in lack steps into abundance. And then you ask him, how did you do it? Joy did it. How did you come about it? Joy made it happen. I read the scripture for us yesterday. In Romans chapter 4 from verse 18, Abraham was impotent. Sarah was barren. Look at Abraham's condition. Abraham did not only pray, he prayed. Abraham saw God. God spoke to Abraham. He said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham didn't stop there. Abraham was applying covenant provisions. Because we saw at least that Abraham gave tithe of all. So Abraham was doing everything a believer should do. Imagine you prayed. And you didn't just pray. You had an encounter with God. You didn't just have an encounter with God. You had an encounter with celestial beings like Melchizedek. And then you apply kingdom principle. You are still impotent. Your wife is still barren. You would think when I pray and I hear God, things will change. This man did not just hear God. God appeared to him. But the depression of his soul could not allow the power of God to find expression. Until a point came, he now understood the place of joy. And he said, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith. He started rejoicing and giving thanks to God. Instantly, barrenness vanished. Impotence vanished. A child came forth. Could it be that the lack of joy in your life is what's stopping the finger of God moving? Could it be that the lack of joy in your life is what has kept all the prophecies that have come to you not to manifest? Have you seen people in church? Even yesterday, when we were all dancing, you'll be amazed. You'll find some people they'll stand like this, and they'll be looking around. They'll be looking around. They will think an angel will come and hug them because they are special people. <laughs> I was in a meeting a few days ago. The presence of God was so heavy, so heavy, people literally couldn't stand and then there was this brother that had been insisting he wanted to talk to me he wanted to talk to me while in this thick atmosphere where people all kinds of things were happening the guy stood like this he will look here he will look here he will look here when i saw the clip i said i won't see this brother because i can't help him many times they say all these prophets are fake five prophets told me this will happen this will happen it has not happened check yourself first your, 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 your lack of joy have short circuited the prophetic power. Have you not seen people? Everywhere I go, they call me out and say, I will get married. And they are wondering why they are not getting married. There is no joy in your life. You have not built joy. So even if an angel fell in the service and said, you will marry, you will not get married. Because there is an atmosphere where the power of God moves. You have short-circuited it. They told you your promotion is this year, but you will never respond. They are waiting for things to happen before they celebrate because they are used to happiness economy. Meanwhile, the man who is of the economy of joy knows that it is what he does that makes things happen, not what happens. changes things. The victory might not blossom the labor of the holy might fail. Everything can fail. But this one inside, it will never fail. Even in the valley, we will praise Him. On the mountaintop, we will praise Him. Anywhere we are, it is well. When you function like this, even in the wilderness, you can turn that wilderness to a forest. People will come around you and say, it's God-biased. Why are all these things happening to you? I pray more than you. Prayer is not the only thing that produces results. I fast more than you. There's no argument about it. But there are secrets I know you don't know. You wait to see before you celebrate. I celebrate to see. Some persons have so negated joy that they don't know how to smile anymore. Some, if they want to smile, it looks as if they are afraid. It, it it doesn't it doesn't look like a part of them so when people are laughing if people look at them and it looks awkward then they will do like this they don't know it's a cage when you understand this whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it you burst out in laughter glory to god and prospering on every side that's how we make progress because joy is a provoker of victory when you see a man full of joy things can never go wrong because even if things were going wrong he will correct it he will correct it the shout of the king is in the midst of his people as a shouting sometimes angels will lose traffic the glory the atmosphere and the joy we are—we begin to attract Beings from other dimensions, and then you find energy levels changing, and then you are wondering what's happening. He has created an ambience. You want to constantly have victory, then put yourself on the lane of joy. Don't let anything steal your joy. If your joy is taken, everything is taken. In Lamentations chapter 5, verse 15. It reveals to us, if your joy is gone, everything is gone. You will see it with time. It said, the joy of our heart is seized. Our dance is turned into mourning. The moment joy ceases, everything ceases. And so if you want to keep things working, then keep joy alive. That's the secret of victory. Some people come, they pray in the church. They fast for 40 days in the church. They kneel down and they come to church. That morning they are expecting that the, service, the the auditorium will be full. They now see ten people. Why they are on the altar preaching? They are asking God, why? Lord, what have I not done? They are so embarrassed with their own service. Sometimes they come. Ah, Jesus, is this is this still ten people that are here? They will tell assistant this pastor preach today. They are waiting for the auditorium to be full and then they are overflowed. Then they will come with that brother. And they will be dancing. You will have that vision in your head. It will never manifest. The men that broke through, when they were five, they danced as if they were 100,000. And when 100,000 came, they didn't notice it anymore. Some people collect their salaries and they come and start questioning God. For how long will I be at this level? You will be there because you have put yourself there. You will be there for a long time. Maybe it's at 70 that you will wake up. But if you don't want to be there again, even if it's 10,000, as you collect it, you are dancing and dancing. And somebody is imagining, what's going on here? Because the God that brought 10,000 can bring 100,000. He can bring 1 million. And while I'm yet waiting for 1 million, I will dance with 10,000. The amount can't determine my state. I determine the state of things. And the way I do it is by celebrating is the provoker of victory you may be a plumber, don't worry I know you're studying methodological engineering while you're doing your plumbing job be giving thanks after a while, somebody will look at your dance steps and recruit you to Julius your treasures it's after they employ you that they will find out what is your class of degree they don't know these things the biggest things in Christianity are the simplest that's why many fail it's too simple for them to understand they are looking for the complex things and they never make progress you have gone to every conference you have gone to every prayer house but the moment you come to your home your home is a grave if you activate the atmosphere in your house for one week the impact may be greater than 10 conferences you have attended I'm telling you I'm telling you the angels followed you from the conference, but they can't enter your house. When they come to the gate, everywhere is gloomy. We are in the wrong address. We can't come here. What's going on? You receive impartation from the biggest man of God, but the anointing can't come with you because you choke it. Somebody is coming from church, they just dance as they entering the house. They say, Oh, this is my son again. This is my husband again. Why won't you come with that atmosphere? And change things because you don't know how this will work. Don't know. It's a provoker of results. When you are in the state of joy, you will naturally provoke change. It, you can't help it. That's how it works. That's why it works. That's how it works. Please sit down. I provokes victory. I read to us yesterday, even the depressed, Isaiah 55, verse 12, he said, I know your circumstance, I know your crisis, he said, but when you go out, ensure that you go out in joy. He said, for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. He said, and the hills shall break forth before you in sinking. Do you know what scatters the hills? is the prayer of faith. So this scripture is telling us that a state of joy is equivalent to the prayer of faith. While somebody else is standing and talking to the mountain and commanding the mountain to be removed and is battling with doubt in his heart because the prayer of faith has rules. He said, number one, you must speak to the mountain. Number two, you must not doubt in your heart. Number three, you must tell the mountain to be removed. Huh. Before you kid out, you may meditate on scripture for one year. But the guy who comes with joy, he doesn't need to talk to the mountain, he doesn't need to tell it to be removed, he doesn't need to battle with his heart as he's just dancing towards the mountain. He said the mountain itself will break forth before him. So the state of joy is equivalent to the prayer of faith. I discover. I may not have enough faith like Bishop Oedipu. He may look at a mountain and say, get out! Me, when I come, I'll shake like this. Because my faith may not be able to carry it. I will substitute it with dancing. Because now you don't need to check who has more faith. You don't need to check who has more experience. You don't need to check. So long as there is joy, I can command the same result that the patriarch of faith is commanded. Because my joy state is equivalent to the prayer of faith. That's why they will see you and say, how can this poor boy do this? When did this start? How many mountains have you commanded before? When I come with joy, even Everest can go back. I may not know all the principles of faith, but I know joy can substitute faith. When I come with joy, I can have the result that the greatest faith can command. He said, the mountains we break before you with singing. That means joy actually does it with style. The man of faith will pull out the mountain. But when the man of joy is coming, the mountain will be going with it. Down. <laughs>
1: they
0: say you are 40 years old. You can't get married anymore. You have gone past menopause. And then you start joining in the Holy Ghost. You start joining in the Holy Ghost. Then the person that comes, works with Chevron, is a manager, is a young man, is fresh, tall, handsome. And then the person comes, begging, begging, please help my life and get married to me. That's what it means. It's with joy. It's with joy. I'm 40 years old. I should be looking for a man. But when the mountain breaks with the dark, men will be looking for you. And then you are wondering, what happened? Joy has made you younger because your youth shall be renewed like the eagle. You want to have success and victory with time? Add joy to your menu and see what God does. Oh, you will wonder. You will wonder. They say you they have rejected you from having a job for 10 years, and all of a sudden, you introduce joy. And then somebody tells somebody about you. And you don't go for the interview. And then they give you a job with the car. And then they are telling you, how do you want to do the work? Do you want to work from home? Or you want to go to the field? And then you are wondering, Lord, what is this? Joy is embarrassing you with victory. Because the mountains, they will not just move. They will break with thinking. That's what joy does. Is it good to pray? Yes. Is it good to fast? Yes. But brothers, sisters, add joy to the venue. And see how joy can decorate your life. Sometimes we get religious even with our praying. So religious. If we are praying, we must look angry. You come for prayer meeting. Everybody is frowning to pray. Sometimes in the place of prayer, you are just laughing in the Holy Ghost. You are laughing, you are laughing, you are laughing in the spirit.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, oh my God, my God, my God. Hey. I'm full of joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength.
0: joy. Because the very heart walketh forth and,
1: and oh my God. I know
0: what I'm looking for. I'm not it, But I'm full
1: of joy. I'm full of joy. It's so full that it when it comes, i have to be home.
0: Somebody give us all their shine! So joy is equivalent to faith. You know, God's servant was speaking about offense a while ago. Jesus was teaching in the parable of the sower. He said when the word was sent out, he said they received it with joy. But when offense came, they left joy. And instantly, something happened. He said, those ones, he said their heart, It's like a rock. So the world can't take root anymore. So, absence of joy makes you a rocky shore. God can no longer permeate you. No matter the prophecy you receive, it can't rest. Because when you allow joy to go, offense will make your heart like a rock. That's why when people say things about you, don't bother. It's a strategy of the devil. In the last day, the devil wants to break honorable relationships. They want to destroy an honorable relationship. So every day they say, you said this. You said that. You said this. Don't try to defend yourself. You will hear things that will anger your spirit. When they say it, just tell yourself why they revived him. He revived not. They spoke against him. He did not speak in return. He left all judgments to God. They may rubbish your image. They may dent your image. They may destroy your name. When you go back to your closet, just dance in the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Him that is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. I'm I'm not concerned about what man say. None of these things move me. I am more than a conqueror for he that is with the Lord. He said, oh my God. Oh my God. If God be for him, who can be against him? If God be for me, who can be against me? And as you are saying this thing, you are activating the protocol. Why they look not at the things which are seen. but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen, they are temporal. They are temporal. But the things which are unseen, is that they are eternal. Is that the little affliction we go through today is a rocket for us. A far exceeding weight of glory. So what is happening to you now is glory in process. It's glory. is glory. They thought they are destroying you. They are helping you to fast start the production of glory. That's how it works. See, sometimes when God wants to promote you, you don't qualify. It may take a prayer quorum, a prayer quota for you to qualify. It may take a word level for you to qualify. And God is checking I want to use this boy next month. I want to use this boy next year. He can't, he's not praying. He's not studying. I need this boy to study. He's not studying. When those things are not working, God will allow warfare. When the warfare equation comes in, it becomes a basis for rapid promotion a basis so the prayers you were not praying it will take you to the prayer altar the studies you are not studying, it will take you there some of the things god need to check your heart to find is in that warfare he will check whether you are arrogant whether you are a liar whether you are wicked you it may take god three years to check it you know the bible says, i the lord i try the heart i test the reins To give on to every man as his way should be so God wanted to check whether you are wicked whether you are kind but he won't do there's no time enough to achieve that so he will wait when men accuse you he's waiting to see what you do and then you go to your closet instead of you to speak evil of them you lift your hands to heaven and you are dancing you are celebrating God and you are praying for them instantly the promotion that should take four years will take two weeks and then you wonder what is happening That's why you can't lose your joy. You can't let offense substitute joy. You will make your wilderness experience longer. When a man walks in joy, he walks in victory. There's no stopping it. Sometimes it can even be your immediate home. Your husband becomes a torment. Your wife becomes a torment. You have prayed. Nothing is working. You have fasted. Nothing is working. Counselors have spoken Nothing is working. Oh, really? Before he comes home, you choke it with joy. That frown is carrying. You know, when the devil enters families, it happens. The man is passing with the neighbors. How are you? The moment he's entering the house, he frowns. He's the lion of the house. Don't bother about it. Saturate the atmosphere. When he enters that frown, the angels will lose his chin. They will lose Shout glory! This is how we change things, by the Spirit. It's a spiritual economy. You insist on joy. Don't lose it. Nobody is qualified to make you lose your joy. Nobody is that important. Nobody, not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your colleagues, not your friends, not your brothers, nobody is qualified to make you lose your joy no matter the tantrums keep your joy because when the devil wants to afflict you through men they will check whether you are still stable when they discover that you are stable and you didn't notice what they were doing or you have not noticed what they are doing they will now start feeling bad they will die don't let anybody take your joy take your joy when they gossip you when you see them, hey brother, how you doing, sister? How are you doing? God bless you. I love you. You knew the gossip. When you come out, poor colours on them. The Bible says you are heaping coals on fire. What they think they want to do to you, you have turned it back to sender. Because there's no accommodation here. Don't let it. Nobody qualified to take your joy. Not even ministry. When the ministry is failing, be dancing before God. It's his ministry, you are just a steward. Let anything take your joy, it will rob you of victory in life. You have one, just one life to live. How could you waste it because of what your neighbor said? How could you waste it because of what your, your brother or your sister said? Damn those relationships and focus on God your joy. When your joy grows and the victory comes, that victory will restore those relationships. That victory will restore it. Don't drown. Refuse. When you come out dress well, and when you walk, walk like a king. When they think you are depressed, square your shoulder and walk with confidence. And when you talk, talk like the son of the king be moved, they think they have gotten you now. The next time you show up, the glory is much more. Nobody can make you lose your joy. That's why you came for this conference. Because God wants to begin to rout victories. Unimaginable victories in your life. So he brought you here. So that you will hear these things. And as you hear these things, You begin to pour out the fragrances of glory that is in your spirit. Number two, joy is a stabilizer, it doesn't just provoke victory, it sustains it. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it said, The joy of the Lord is my strength. You want to find a man who is stable. Is a man who is full of joy. If a man is not stable, even God can help him. If a him that is tossed to and fro to like the wave, let him not expect that he will receive anything from God. You stop progressing when you lose your stability. And the only way to keep your stability in the vast vicissitude of life, is to sustain your joy. Gustav and read the scripture now. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Jesus went through the worst situations of life. He said, but for the joy that was set before him. You won't have the stamina to despise the shame until there is something you are looking at. And that thing is called joy. When that joy manifests, it can manifest as glory. It can manifest as power. It can manifest as favor. It can turn to anything. Life will want you to fluctuate. Today you are here. Tomorrow you are there. So you will lose stability. And if you lose stability, no blessing can find you. Because even God himself, who is the all-knowing God, can find you. So he said, don't expect that you will receive anything evil from God. So one of the greatest things joy does for you, for a man, is to bring stability into his life. The whole world can choose to be against you. Be stable. You are not the first. Do you know how Jesus fulfilled destiny? He fulfilled destiny on the cross. Even the people he healed turned against him. But he never changed. He kept his stability. Because there was an internal economy. Keep joy and keep stability. Keep stability and keep progress. I can assure you. There's nothing too deep you can't come out of if you will only keep your joy. There's nothing too deep. We read the story of the three Hebrew boys. They said they will not bow. You don't dare challenge a king in their world. Because if you dare a king, they won't do you the favor of killing you easily. They will invent the most wicked way of death, because that's the only way the anger and the wrath of the king will be appeased. If you die casually, the king will never—he will die of pain. So they—they they said the worst way of killing a man is to throw him into fire. They said no. Until you can hit the fire seven times, it was so hot that those who threw them were burnt off. But these guys had something. Even in the fire, they were dancing and praising God. There was too much stability. And it was in that state that the fourth man appeared. Guess who saw it first? Because the people who want to kill you, they are watching for your downfall. Every news that comes from your quarter, they hear it. Because they are waiting for bad news. They will pray it. They will prophesy it. They will talk it. They will hope it. They will think it. So they are hoping that evil will soon come. Even when you are in the fire, you are dancing. And then suddenly, because they are the first to notice, they will no longer notice you. Who is the fourth man there? Was it not three men we threw into the fire? How come there is a fourth man? Because when you begin to dance, you invoke heaven. Angels can come. The Lord himself can come. That's how you win. You want to remain in victory forever. Keep your joy. There is something stability does to sustain victory and progress. You may think you are on a cruise mode. If you lose your joy, there is a big problem. But if your joy is there, even if it looks as if you are dwindling, it's a curve. You will still see yourself on the top. That's why we don't joke with it. We keep it. We keep it in Isaiah chapter twelve verse three. He says, "With joy, you will draw waters out of the wells of salvation." That means the bounties of salvation cannot be acquired except as you approach it. With joy, you will draw waters. Meanwhile, waters are dimensions of the spirit. As you are journeying through life, when you keep joy. The core where you need wisdom. The Holy Ghost is your wisdom. The core where you need understanding. The Holy Ghost becomes your understanding. The core where you need power. The Holy Ghost will become your power. Because upon him is the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of might and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. How do you think Samson was able to carry the gate of a city up a mountain because the spirit of might was upon him. And the spirit of might is the dimension of the waters that we draw out of the wells of salvation. How do you think Solomon was so wise that he could write a thousand plus parables? It was the spirit of wisdom at work. There are many questions that life will throw at you. For you to answer all of them, you must draw that water from the wells of salvation. And the Bible says the way to do it is to keep your joy. When you keep your joy, wisdom will not be a challenge. Sometimes when you talk to people, who is this ancient man? You are not ancient. You are just drawing water from the wells of salvation. And that day you drew wisdom. Another day you will draw understanding. Another day you will draw might. So anything that should gun you down becomes what you will source out of the wells of salvation. And the way to access the wells of salvation is to keep your joy. This is why we fight to keep joy. It is one of our greatest assets in our walkthrough life. There are about seven of them, but I'm out of time. So in the next ten minutes, let me advance four ways By which you can keep your joy. I wrote out seven operations of joy. It produces result, it produces stability, and there are seven of them. But we are on earth. Time is a body. When you go home and you are dancing, the rest will come to you. You will find them. This is an appetizer. When you are dancing, the other ones will come. That's when you will know that favor is a fragrance. It's a fragrance that joyous people carry. When you finish dancing and you come out, your face glows. You will now know that it's not only the cream you bought from the shop that you need for a a light skin. There's another kind of cream that even spirits will know that this one glows. Even the king we look upon you as a king that is supertending over 120 provinces, how can he identify you a slave girl? Because when favor comes, it becomes a fragrance. When a man sustains joy, he emits favor. People and you know favor does many things. Favor is not just people like you. <laughs> That's the lowest realm of favor. Favor will command the allegiance of men. Men will die serving you and they will be happy they will die. The Bible said David desired to drink water from the brook that is in the, in the garrison of the Philistines. The moment three men heard it, he didn't send anybody. They heard it. They say what? David is thirsty. Why don't you drink from the stream nearby? Why must it be the way that he desired? And they entered a garrison. How can three men jeopardize their life? and enter a garage. I can bring the water from another location. At least in their day and time, righteousness was not so strict. You can bring the water and say, this is the water. There is no way he can tell the test. Whether this one was from Bethlehem, he can't know. But when favor is on your life, stop thinking. Because even the things you think, they will happen. You just say, Ah! I wish I had a Range Rover spot. And then you come home. You'll see a brand new one packed. And where did this come from? He said, somebody brought it. And somebody, how did they hear your thought? Favor is an aroma. I heard Pastor Chris say something. He said, I stop, I don't pray for things anymore. I am afraid of praying for things. He said, because the moment i just say it i have more than enough he says so i think it for others i pray for others what level of favor meanwhile somebody has been saving money from january to november so that they can buy a bicycle whereas well, another man the moment he thinks the car shows up what do you think is the difference you see two pastors one is going to the mountain every week yes it's not making impact the other one comes to church and smile with his hands in the pocket and say god loves you the lord be with you the blessings of the lord is upon you and then you see people walking outside somebody's at the generator he wants to kill himself ushers are running up and down don't let pastor hear fire they are thinking they want to die what is happening is the economy of favor hear this! All of them are servants of God. All of them are accurate. But there are pastors that every Saturday, they have to send text messages personally for 20 people to come to church. Sister Martha, how was your week? Did you, did you, did you sleep well? Please remember that service is tomorrow. Tomorrow Martha will still not come. Meanwhile, there is another pastor. I went to a church last week, Family Worship Center, Abuja, after first service, the woman of God told everybody, leave the hall, don't stay for the second service. I said, what? In Abuja, that you are hoping people will remain so that second service too will be packed. He said, go home. If you want to follow the second service, watch it online. Is this this same Abuja? Where people are giving Fanta and Coke at the end of service Or that, that people are still not coming to church That somebody else is chasing people from church And they won't go When favor comes Men enslave themselves just to make you happy You carry so much favor You go to an interview 2,000 people applied You just smiled And they looked at you and said We have found who we are looking for and then they start negotiating salary Meanwhile others are saying Just give us the job Anything you can pay we will take They still reject them When you refuse to work in joy You do yourself a disfavor There is so much that joy carries The aroma of favor Is the product of joy That's why when people frown Even if they are beautiful You can't see their beauty When joy hits your life your youth is literally renewed. You see somebody, it's 60th birthday, and then you look at her, you think she's 29. How can you be celebrating 60th birthday, and you look like this? Joy has
1: renewed
0: her youth. Did you not know read what the Bible said? It said God gave favor to the Israelites. They spoiled the Egyptians. People who enslaved you for 430 years, how come they woke up overnight? They gave you their gold. They gave you their diamond. What happened to them? Favor can reorder people's perception towards you. Your enemies can become your slaves because you have won the perfume of favor. And all of that is a product of joy. There are some people working. Every staff under them is stealing from them. They set CCTV cameras everywhere. They are still stealing. If they carry offering basket, they must put CCTV camera where they are counting Because money will go. Whereas there are others, they don't even know where the money is. They, all people will guard it with their life and make sure they bring it. Because when favor comes, favor is a defense. The things joy does, you can't even exhaust it. Please sit down. How then do you keep your joy? Number one, you want to keep your joy perpetually. You must stay in the presence. I can teach you about it. You'll be excited. But this will only trigger a desire. For you to walk palpably in joy, you must develop the culture of staying in God's presence. We have quoted it again and again. And I will yet quote it. Psalm 16 verse 11. In thy presence is fullness. It's not some. It's not partial. It's not partly. The full weight of joy
1: is in
0: his presence. He will put it on you. It will be so heavy that you distribute it to people. That's why sometimes you will (laughs) shake. Lawrence, you must come up. You must come on. Somebody's continuing. That's why. Have you not noticed? You you just stood with someone and snapped, and because you snapped with that person, all of a sudden doors begin to open for you. So people just do you know this man? Ah, my friend. How are you doing, sir? Um, people just start being nice to you because they saw you with somebody. Because when somebody is walking in joy, the things that flow from him is contagious. There are many forces that make for your advantage in life. One of it is honor. And honor, when a man walks in honor, you can spend from his resource and he will not be depleted. As I'm with Pastor Shola now, if I live there now, my the way people see me will, will increase. My rank will increase. They will say, Ah, you mean you preach for Pastor Shola? No, no. If you can preach for Pastor Shola, then let's invite him. Because of the economy flowing from there, he said, without every contradiction, the less the lesser is blessed of the better. That's how you, you, you grow in this kingdom. But for you to come into that level of progressive increase by joy, you say you must dwell in His presence. When you stay there, one of the things that rest upon you is joy. And when joy rests, the tributaries flow. In John chapter 15, verse 33, he says in this world, you will have many tribulations. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There are many people that think there is so much joy in their office. There is no joy there. You may have happiness from time to time. But Jesus has already vetoed the world system of which your office is a part. He said, in this world you will have tribulation. The only place where you can find true solace is in God's presence. The reason people struggle many times Having applied all the principles of life, yet not succeeding, is because one thing they negate is God's presence. How I wish we understood the wealth and the riches of God's presence. In Psalm 91, David, the Bible was telling us the king of the, the secret of the kings of old. Their glory was not just in the fact that they were trained to be warriors, they knew the act. Of tarrying in God's presence, and when they tarry there, Psalm ninety-one from verse one, you said, "He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." When you stay there, then you begin to see the result from verse two. He said, "I will see of the Lord; He is my refuge." So one thing that joy that flows from God's presence does is that it becomes your defense. He is my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. You may read all the principles of faith, you may not grow in faith. But when you stay in God's presence, it becomes natural for you to trust God. He went further and he was listening. He said, surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You don't need to go to a deliverance ministry. You will walk naturally in deliverance. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. We go to a deliverance ministry. It's part of God's strategy for equipping the body. Right? But we walk in perpetual, perpetual dominion and victory because of the economy that comes from the presence of God. In verse 4, He shall cover thee with His feathers. Under His wings shall thou trust. His trust shall be thy shield. That means his faithfulness shall be thy shield and thy buckler. And you see why men of joy are always preserved. They can not be cut off. No matter what happens. Because this joy comes from the presence. And the presence has many, many more attributes. You say, a thousand shall fall by your side. Ten thousand shall fall by your right hand. They shall by no means by no means. Those are heavy words. Don't read the scripture in a hurry. What is telling you is no matter the danger and terror, the devil has not designed a strategy good enough to bring you down. A thousand may fall. Ten thousand even if thieves are robbing your, your neighbor. And I'm not saying it will happen. Because that like you are there, your neighbor is preserved. But even if it were to happen, your house will be exonerated. It shall by no means... That means, you know the Bible says, No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Because the devil doesn't just throw arrows carelessly. If the devil wants to attack you, they will take your specimen to the studio of hair. And they will design a weapon that is tailored and sensitive to you. But he said, even if that were to be the case... No matter the investment of demonic intelligence, it does not sustain power enough to hurt you. That's why Jesus said, even if you walk upon serpents and scorpions, it shall by no means. So when you hear believers praying for protection, it shows you where they are. There's nothing wrong with it, but they've not grown. When you grow, you are a terror to darkness. Why do you think we travel from place to place? When you are coming to a place, you are coming to attack demonic demonic kobolds. You are challenging them. Get out! Without apology. Because you know, nothing shall by any means. But for you to walk in this level of assurance, he said, you must make the presence of God your dwelling. That's why when he rounded up, he said, because you have made God, even the most high, thy
1: habitation.
0: No evil come near thy borders. When Christians struggle with the presence, they are denying themselves access to their absolute insurance. Because the presence of God is your absolute insurance. And one of the things that flows from there to make it an experience is joy. The second way to sustain joy Is to be full of the word. I told you already. Joy cometh from the Lord. Only God. And in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. So when you are full of the word. You are full of God. In 1 John chapter 1. Verse 4. It said these things. Have we written unto you. Not to increase your knowledge of Bible. He said, we have written these things to you that your joy may be full. So when a man is full of the Word, he will be overloaded with joy. Because everything that comes to him before he thinks, the Word will refute it. If you are saturated with God's Word, you know that's how it works. If you are the Son of God, Turn these stones to bread. Before he taught, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. The word responds to things. The reason you are thinking of how to address the matter is because of the scarcity of the word. If the word is there, the moment the challenge presents itself, something will jump out of your spirit. You can't even control it. They tell you you are cursed. You say, I can't be cursed. How? They say you will die. No, not me. Him that is born of God overcometh the world. It will just flow because you are saturated. You don't look for a scripture when you are in crisis. You are choked with scripture so that the scripture will respond to your crisis. You want to find a man who is full of joy. Is a man who is full of the word. You share these things among believers. People say it's not true. They argue with Bishop David Oyedepo. Said he has never had. A moment of argument with his wife and then people say what do you mean is it not the marriage that we are all in what type of marriage is that it's not about the marriage it's about what stuff you are loaded with are we not all on earth why are some poor and some rich are we not all on earth why are some sick and some healthy it's not about where you are it's about who you are the man is too full of truth and revelation so revelation will not allow him to take an action that is not consistent with truth. You want your joy to be uncontestable, then you have to nurture it with the Word. The Word is what preserves your joy. Every area of your life where there is no joy is a place the devil can exploit. That's why in Ephesians 4, 27, it says, give no place to the devil. The area of your life that is not guarded by the world is a place you have given to the devil. He may not be there now, but when the evil day comes, he will show up. And that's why we stuff and talk and choke ourselves with the world. The third way to keep your joy is by Constant fellowship with the brethren. In our world today, people say, I can't go to church. I followed online. (laughs) If you can't come, it's fine. If there's a legitimate reason, once in a while. But if there's no legitimate reason, you have to pay the price to come. In Psalm 133 from verse 1 to 3, it says, Behold, how beautiful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in harmony. It's like the oil upon the head of Aaron that flows to his beard down to his cat. It's like the dew upon Mount Hebron. There the Lord commanded his blessings. There is something that happens when we fellowship together. Virtue flows. There's a networking of virtue. That's why The church is not a place you can compare with any other. And when you go deeper in fellowship, you will discover your brethren are not all on earth. Because you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the spirit of just men made perfect. There is a level of fellowship ascends to that men like Paul and Elijah, and Enoch begin to walk into the building and when they come, sometimes they whisper to you, that challenge you are going through, when I went through it this is what I did, and then you now say, oh I now know what to do, you didn't know Enoch whispered into your ear <laughs> because this is a mystical union we are not alone you come into some service, and then suddenly you see Elisha, and then he comes to you and touches you your prophetic antenna becomes sharper. You don't know what happened to you. You go to the next meeting. You are prophesying at a forensic level. You are wondering, is it because I fasted yesterday? You didn't know the wealth that you entered when you came into the fellowship of the brethren. Even Jesus needed it. He said, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment began to glister, and there appeared unto him Moses, And Elias and they told him what he must do in Jerusalem. So that fellowship equips everybody including the man Jesus, not the God, the man Jesus. He needed it. They have to tell him when you go to Jerusalem this and this and this and this is what you will do to succeed on this assignment because they have become what? Spirit of judgment made perfect. When we gather together there are depths of fellowship we enter that we can't understand. Sometimes when you are in fellowship, your body begins to burn. There is no fire anywhere. It is the beings that came that are touching you. And sometimes, they are seraphims. And then when you make contact with their frequency, you are feeling it. That's why the next person is not feeling it. Because while you are touching a seraphim, the person standing by your side may be talking to an ancient prophet. The other one may be interacting with the Holy Spirit. The other one may be hearing the word of God. Different fellowship is taking place at the same time. Only... In the church can you find that? Don't be part of the people in this generation that despise going to church. Don't try it. I encourage you. Even if you go for a conference, go and visit a prophet on the mountain, go to an apostolic conclave, return to a church. (laughs) When you are alone, you are vulnerable. As strong as the lion is, his security is in the pride. Every lion that is detached too long enough will be devoured by the hyenas. Because the pack of the hyena, they are not intimidated by the beard of the lion. So long as it is alone, they will come in their number. Even lions too can be killed. But that only happens when the lion is alone. You despise church. You now have an encounter with an angel. Or you, you, you know the Bible now. When you come to church and pastor is preaching, you are like... Well, those are weak revelations. By the time a sudden evil before you, you will now understand it's not just about the revelation, it's a company that you are working in. In this apostolic age, people don't go to church again. They cross their legs and they hear five messages. They say, Yeah, my soul, my spirit has been fed. I'm strong now. When they see people going to church, they say they are babes. Don't let any apostolic move take you out of your church. Remain planted in your local church. That's where your security is. All the apostolic meetings you go for, do you know anybody? There's no communion there. Everybody came to receive an encounter and go back. That's why you can go to an apostolic meeting for one year. Nobody knows you. Because there is no connection between brethren there. That's a mountain of encounter. But you need a church to be preserved. How many apostles call you? How many apostles do you have problems and you chat and they respond? How many do you call and they pick? They came to set you on fire. The fellowship is in your local assembly. You say, I met Apostle A, I met Apostle B, I went for this conference. In the day of trouble, you discover you are alone and naked. That day, you will call the apostle 30 times, they won't pick. Even if you meet you in another meeting, you will always need to introduce yourself. <laughs> when an apostle calls, everybody line up to sow seed. Meanwhile, they've not sowed any seed to their pastor for one year. <laughs> Especially when there is manifestation. Ah! In the day of trouble, you will discover you are alone. When you go for an apostolic meeting, go and catch fire. But be planted in your church.
1: I can say these things now
0: because I pioneered an apostolic booth. If you didn't have and you say, they say you are talking again, now I pioneer something. But I tell you, your safety is in your local assembly. Because there is a level of fellowship you will have there that you will not find anywhere. Number three. You have to develop the culture of asking. Some people are so big now that they can't ask God. In John chapter 16 verse 24, they say, until now you have asked for nothing. They say, ask that you may receive, that your joy may be full. Those things you are complaining about, if only you will ask God, you will be amazed. A pastor was sharing, his wife was complaining to him that She can't read the Bible. She tries to read the Bible, she gets tired. She can't pray. She's been telling everybody. And the man of God said, Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord. I can't pray. Oh boy, I know people pray again. I don't know what's happening. Ah, what's happening? Ah, me that used to pray before. They even use it to generate pride. If you were to ask the Lord, you'll be amazed how easy the crisis can be handled. And how fast your joy returns. Just ask. I was sharing with my friend the other time. And he said, the prodigal son was not prodigal in asking. He was prodigal in spending. Because when the elder brother came lamenting, I've been here with you. You didn't even give me a lamb to slaughter with my friend. The father said, you never asked. Don't assume God knows. He says, ask that you may receive that your joy may be complete. Bow your heads and talk to the Lord for the next one minute. Absolute insurance is couched in the economy of love. Love only in the economy of joy, joy only exists with God, and so to have joy there must be a connectivity or a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you begin to walk in joy in its full measure, it becomes a provoker of victories, it becomes a stabilizer, and it becomes and a resource for production of favor in your life. And so therefore, you must fight to keep your joy. And the way to do it is to tarry in God's presence, be full of the world, engage in the fellowship of the brethren, and always ensure to ask. Talk to the Lord as He fills your heart this morning with joy. Thank you for listening to this message. To find out more about the Household of David, visit our website, www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and MixLR. Or join us for one of our services on Sundays by 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., Wednesdays by 7 p.m., and Saturdays by 7 a.m. at Praise Sanctuary, Number 7 Trulere Industrial Road, off Adeni Jones, Ikeja, Lagos. God bless you.